1: Uh, thanks for listening uh, this week. We are talking about an issue that, if I'm honest, uh, I was ignorant of until kind of hanging out with Kenny and talking with him about uh, ministry. And so the issue for today is gentrification. And essentially the idea is that it's, it's a process that occurs when individuals move into impoverished, underserved neighborhoods with the purpose, their intention to some degree is improving the neighborhood. They they want to move in, they want to improve the neighborhood. They think this is a good good deal, but unfortunately, what ends up happening is that uh, the process displaces uh, the current or maybe the historical residents of the communities, right? Yep. Yep. And so, so Kenny, what what's the history of this? I mean, how how did how did this idea of Gentrification uh, become a become a problem for kind of um, these impoverished neighborhoods.
0: So the 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 term gentrification was um, coined back in the 1960s, and it was used to describe what was actually going on in in London, where the middle class was going into working class neighborhoods because they uh, the proximity was beneficial. Uh, the land was beneficial to them, and so they're going into these neighborhoods. They're renovating houses, they're building new houses, mm-hmm. and what ends up happening is they end up the working class community is forced to move and and leave their their traditional homes and and go into different neighborhoods. So that's what's being described in, in London during these times. Right, but since then, that the same process has been happening in a lot of urban areas and. In London, it didn't have really this um, this ethnic undertone to it mm-hmm. as it does in the uh, it's more United um, States. Socioeconomic, right? It's more of a yeah. In in London, it was more about money, right mm-hmm. your your financial status, whereas in America, it has well, where it is a social economic component to it. It also right. has this this racial component, just based mm-hmm. upon how our communities have been affected by, by different phenomenon that have happened uh, mm-hmm. in our country. Mm-hmm. And so you see this happening in places like Seattle, places like Washington, D.C., D. C., and, and other ur- urban areas. Mm-hmm. But it's a concern in, in even rural areas, even in our community that we right. live in that is yes. not urban at all. Mm-hmm. And some of the reasons why it has that kind of ethnic component, kind of this justice Component to it in in America is because, uh, how, again our neighborhoods were uh, formed through things like discrimination and redlining and and things like that. And mm-hmm. then you had uh, the Great Migration, where African Americans were kind of forced to leave the South, and they're, they they uh, migrate to urban areas, and they're mm-hmm. kind of forced into these uh, communities, minority communities. And when they come in because we had you know segregation and brown versus board come in and forced the integration of schools happen you have white flight you have mm-hmm. white people who um, <laughs> who don't want their kids to go to school with black kids and so they move to the right. suburbs mm-hmm. and they leave the the inner cities and the inner cities become minority communities and mm-hmm. they become impoverished and and all that and so right. now what's happening is you have the reverse you have uh, um, kind of the younger generation coming in that, that are more um, apt to want to live into the inner cities and into mm-hmm. these communities, come back into these communities and and trying to improve them. Mm-hmm. And you have the minority communities being forced out. Right. And so that's kind of the, the Cliff Notes version sure. <laughs> of gentrification. Right. There's obviously way more. Uh, yep. Kind of how it uh, happens and... Mm-hmm. In the United States, so brother, what's what are some of the effects of gentrification?
1: Well, I mean, you know the the positive. I mean, for those folks who, yeah. I mean, they, they want to come in and improve in the neighborhood, and so I mean, there there is some of that, right? Homes right. are renovated or um new homes are built, yes. you know, uh and so that you know property values increase. You know, right. your, your house that was worth you know I don't know seventy five thousand dollars is now worth a hundred thousand dollars or more because of the houses that are coming up around you you know or whatever and so i mean that that's one kind of effect that's which
0: (laughs) again seems like a really good thing nobody wants vacant homes in their community because right i mean they're kind of leads to uh very negative consequences when there's vacant homes in in your community so you come in you you buy this vacant home that that has a nice history to it, and mm-hmm. you renovate it, and property values increase. Like everybody there's, should be happy about that, right? But there's an unseen problem, right? There's an unseen problem that's happening, right? When those property values increase, right? Because as we have it structured in the United States, which I'm sure all of the homeowners are, are super happy about, mm. um, yes. you're increasing your property value leads to increase in your property taxes, right? Right, and when the property taxes increased uh, a lot, Mm -hmm. uh, the existing homeowners, those people who have traditionally lived in these neighborhoods, they have a struggle to pay those property taxes. Mm. And then you also have, with the increase of property values, you have landlords who are are realizing, hey, um, now I'm not charging enough for rent. Right. Or, you know, usually I'm charging this amount to people who, need low rent, mm-hmm. but now I have this whole other group coming in who are willing to pay, pay three, four, five times that amount, and so mm-hmm. I can jack up my rent. Right. And the, the people who are living there currently, they can't pay that, mm-hmm. and so now they're forced out, and mm. they have to find a new place to stay. And right. so you have this um, positive of property values going up, but you have this negative of now my property taxes are going up or my rent is going up and I'm struggling. I'm I'm having trouble paying those things. Right. What else, brother?
1: Well you and then you and then you have kind of businesses, developers seeing this as, okay, this this area is improving. This this area in our city is getting better. It's hot. And, yeah. That's right. And so we're gonna start we're gonna start investing. We're gonna we're gonna open some coffee shops or we're gonna open some businesses. We're gonna open a uh, um, you know, we'll whole, build, whole food store. Right, we're, we're we'll gonna build some lofts. We're gonna, right. yes, the lofts, yeah, the lofts, man, oh, the yeah. lofts are, the are coming. They're coming, the city lofts, yes. yes. And so, what that does, again, I mean, in one sense, you would say, oh, well, that's good. That those are those are improvements, but that further increases property values, and it further increases the cost of living because now space is becoming limited. Space is getting bought up. There's a demand for space. You know that kind of thing. Uh, bit, even some of your local businesses that were there are kind of getting pushed out because uh, maybe there's somebody who's coming in who's willing to rent a space for more. I mean, all, yeah. all, all kinds of kind of negative uh, effects. And then not only that, you can have um, some of these newer residents kind of start to push for things, uh, for uh, services, businesses, whatever, that can hurt the, you know, the local community. Right. Um, you were telling me about a situation that happened in DC. Yeah. So tell our listeners about that.
0: So in in DC and in the, um, minority community, um, they had on street parking and, and some of the churches were actually benefiting from on street parking because again, you're in this impoverished neighborhood you don't have money for parking lots a lot of right. times, like mm-hmm. to pave a parking lot or all these things. So on the street parking, you don't have nice two gar- car garages in these neighborhoods and all that stuff. And so, you know, people coming in, you know, they're they're like, hey, we need a bike lane, yes, because you know, that's something that is um, important for them. Right. But for the current residents, it's not important for them. Right. They value on the street parking more than they would value this mm-hmm. bike lane. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they push forward, they push forward, they get this bike lane, but then now, you, now you've outlawed on the street parking. right? And so you've hurt the community that was already there mm-hmm. because you're thinking about what's beneficial to you mm-hmm. and not necessarily thinking about what's beneficial to right. uh, the community. And so, uh, you know, there's things like that when you're bringing in different services, different businesses that uh, the, the current community doesn't necessarily value. Mm-hmm. What you value, uh, I, that can be one of the effects of gentrification. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, with all of that, with all those different things that are going on, um, the neighborhood becomes less diverse. Because mm-hmm. generally, what's coming in is younger, younger white people, right? Mm-hmm. Younger ma- majority culture people um professionals who who want to live in these communities and the previous residents are being forced out and they they struggle to find adequate housing cuz now they have to go to a different community where uh the price of things has is it's a little bit higher mm-hmm. and so you have an increase in in even homelessness during these times and right and so it just becomes a struggle for for people who have historically lived in this neighborhood who who um who made these these places their home right they're now forced out into finding another place to live and mm-hmm. so those are some of the kind of the, the positive and and the negative effects I mean to I gentrification. think you know
1: one thing I would add cuz I you know as you're talking about um kind of kind of the, the the community that's moving in that's the incoming residents yeah. have a different value system than the current resident like the residents right. that are there. Right. And I think that's a huge that that's a um that's that's a real problem. I mean, that's one of the kind of the sources of the problem. Yes. If you would. I mean if you try to drive down at what what's causing this, well I mean you you have people with different ideas of what a good neighborhood is. Yes. I mean some people think man on the street parking's awesome, right? Right. We don't have to pay for a parking lot <laughs> at our church or we don't have to right. um you know our my business doesn't have to pay for a parking lot. I can just have my um, you know, business right there, and people can park on the street. But if your whole point in moving to the city is to be able to ride a bike to your job, yes, so you don't have to, com- you don't have the, you don't have the suburban commute, right, where you have right. to drive in from outside the city. Well, then you're going to be pushing hard for, yeah, making that as safe as possible and whatever, right? You know? Um, of course, I know other people be like, man, just ride in the street. <laughs> you know, it ain't like yeah. we're saying you can't ride. You know, yeah. just ride in the street. You know, yes. But but again, I you know I I think there is this you you have to understand that there are different different values happening right. There's a clash. There's a value clash. Yes. And um, unfortunately, a lot of times the ones with the most money are yeah are going to win that clash. You know, I mean right. those are are most money, most influence. You know, yes. however you say that. And it ends up being a lot of times it ends up being the the incoming newer residents and not um, not the residents who have yeah. been there historically. Absolutely so it's problematic. So
0: what are, what do you think? Like what are, what are the intentions behind all this? Yeah. So if, if we're going to leave with grace, we can, we can say that, you know, the people who are incoming in these neighborhoods, they, they want to improve the neighborhoods and, and many times, um, they they're really fighting for justice. Right. They're like this they, these neighborhoods have been they they're the result of discrimination. Mm. Right. They they're they're, yeah. they're the result of neglect. So mm. if we come in and intentionally move in, renovate a house, if we do all these things, then we can be a part of kind of um, redeeming mm. these neighborhoods. Right. And so I would say that a lot of people who come into these neighborhoods, they they intend to improve the neighborhood and fight for justice. And they actually do that. They actually accomplish that because right. they do increase property values. Mm-hmm. And there's evidence that it does decrease crime. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, a lot of poverty, um, a, a lot of crime is directly related to poverty. Right. <laughs> like you don't have enough stuff, so you're going to find a way to get stuff get right. get resources mm-hmm. and so when when the property values increase when there's more wealth in the community crime tends to drop mm. and so I would say that the intentions are can be good and that they actually can accomplish some things for the community mm. now even with those intentions again there's um, <laughs> negative consequences to it right? Yeah, and so what? What we're just talking about intentions now, and I, I would say, lean with grace. The intention is good, right? Yeah. Um, and I mean, their intention is not to drive out the current residents. I would mm. say, if I'm leading with grace, I'm going to say that the intention is not to drive out people who have traditionally lived in these neighborhoods. is to, hey, you know, when the water rises, everybody rises, right? Right. And but what ends up happening is the water rises, and some people drown. Yeah. And and so, the intentions again are not to improve the neighborhood to not drive out the traditional residents. It just it's an unintended consequence. Unintended consequence of of this whole process. So what else would you say? Well, I mean, but
1: there are you know, I mean, there are people who are have realized that this is a that this can happen. Oh yeah, like big time financial investors, and so they're thinking, hey, I can buy up all this land. That's pretty cheap at this point, because you know, right? Um, the the value of the property is not is not good. This is kind of a rough area. There's a lot of crime, whatever. I can buy this up and develop it, and actually turn it into kind oh, of yeah. a new, you know, oh yeah, hip space, and then I'm gonna make a lot of money, right? Oh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna base it because then I'm gonna sell the same property that I bought and invested. And I'm going to be able to make. Oh, you're going to turn that over many times, right? Right. Yeah. So there's. You got landlords
0: who are doing the same thing, right? I mean, they see an opportunity. See an opportunity. We're Mm going to force. We're going to intentionally raise. I mean, there's some horrible stories of landlords who intentionally raise their their rent up to just a crazy level Mm -hmm. to force people out. And if Mm -hmm. that doesn't work, then we start to not doing the proper renovations and we're gonna yeah, yeah. Uh, are not making the improvements that need or just even the basic amenities we're gonna make sure we're gonna try to push you out right so that I can get this new wave of money to mm-hmm. come in. And so yeah, everybody's intentions are not pure in this. And mm-hmm. just like with many things, we right. we're gonna find a way to manipulate. We're gonna find a way to take advantage of, of situations to where we can get money. Okay. Yeah.
1: So hopefully, I mean, obviously that's a huge, I mean, we've, we've tried to overview at least the problem as best we can. Right. There's a whole lot more to it, but, but just in general. can no, you? No, man, we are experts. We are. Everything that we're talking about. experts. We are experts yes. on all of it. Yeah. <laughs> no, so, we're not. Um, so, but the, but the question becomes, I mean, look, let's say you're a ministry or a church or, you know, a nonprofit or something. And you say, man, I want to help this neighborhood. Like, yeah. I want to help. There is a neighborhood in my city, a neighborhood in my community. I want to help, right? But I want to avoid what what's being talked about here. I want to avoid gentrification. So, how do we do that? Yeah, how do they do that?
0: Yeah, I I think the first thing with any problem is you need to acknowledge that it is actually a problem. Yes, like you just have to be aware that it's a problem, and you need to be aware that it's a possibility that this is going to happen. Hmm if we come in and and operate in a certain way. Right. And so with that knowledge, hopefully you can operate in a way to where um, you can avoid it or at least um, prolong it, like not, not prolong it, but delay it, Mm -hmm. Um, delay it in a way to where um, people can adjust to the changes that are happening in in the neighborhood. Right. And so, I mean, and and you have to realize that, when you come into these neighborhoods, there's going to be some skepticism towards what you are doing because the community is aware mm-hmm. of the problem of gentrification. Yes. Yes. And so I, I just remember going in with the ministry and we were just going in to clean up some empty lots into the African American community in our town. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you bunch of white people <laughs> and a few black people going into this community. Mm. They are going to view you as possibly trying to gentrify this neighborhood. Right, you're you're coming in, you're cleaning up, you're trying to improve it for the purpose of you coming in and taking over, right? And you displacing um, them, and so you just really have to be aware and and try to navigate in that situation. The the ministry did say, you know, we need to address this to right. the to our to the people in the community to make sure, mm-hmm. hey, we just want to love on you by. By cleaning up these empty lots, and we right. had no intention of coming in trying mm-hmm. to take over the community. So I think that that was a good example of of uh, being aware and, mm-hmm. and kind of addressing what your intentions are before you right. begin stuff. Yes. Right. Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. What else would you say, brother? Well, one of the big ones that you know we've kind of been uh, it's been recommended to us, and is instead of just assuming this is what the community needs. Yes. Which I think is, we're real tempted to do that at times. You're like, well, what they really need is. Right. Fill in the blank, you know, and instead of assuming that or thinking, I know the answer to that. Sometimes it's better just to ask the community. Right. I would say most of the time it's better. Yes. uh, Just so that you can understand that maybe there is a history or maybe there is, maybe there are underlying things or maybe they don't really want a bike lane. Right. Yeah. Maybe they're not really all that interested in Starbucks, you know, right. or whatever it is, right? I mean, you 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 really want to? Because sometimes we can kind of invent a need so that we can meet it, right? And the community's kind of standing there going, "We didn't ask for that. We didn't. That ain't really what we wanted," you know. <laughs> right. And so, I I think you know figuring out a way, and, and there's different ways you can do that. I mean, you can do surveys, you can do interviews, you can do. I, I think one of the big ones is to talk with leaders and try to try to identify some leaders in the community. Yeah, uh, get them in on your meetings, get them in on your discussions, hear from them, listen to them. Um, and I think the hard thing for ministries is that those types of things will take you in a direction that you really may not want to go. Right, right, right. I mean, if you're thinking, I really want to do. A vacation Bible School, you know, mm-hmm. and then you find out that fifteen churches are down there doing vacation Bible schools. Yes, and they say, What we really want you to do is come pick. If could you help pick up some trash? Yeah, you know, like uh, we were talking with a brother recently, and right. he said, you know, their their ministry or whatever kind of had this idea of what they wanted to do, and then the um, you know the the community said, well, maybe you could maybe you could do this. <laughs> just
0: pick, pick up the trash. <laughs> you right just now. pick up the trash, right? <laughs> right. It's you know, and yeah.
1: and and they did that. And the community, man, I mean, they they responded so well, and they were like, "Thank you guys so much for this." And yeah, and and they were often getting asked, like, "Why are you guys doing? You know, why are you picking up this trash?" Which you know opened up the doors to talk about Christ. And so I, I think, I mean, that was a really good example of you know you listen you listen to the community. Yeah, you know, and then and then that will kind of help you better understand what what you need to do, right? I mean, it really is just a you need to think of others above yourself right? yeah we want to serve you we're here to serve the community right um, and and if we're not careful as ministry sometimes we can get we can get ahead of ourselves right and we kind of think well I, we want to do this we can do this well right it's like well you maybe can but that may help that may not be what is needed you know yeah. and so so what else i mean what else can we i mean what else what other
0: ways can we try to avoid this yeah i think you know I, at at its core, you know, this is a justice issue, too. Right. And so when you're talking about people being displaced from their homes, um, I don't think God would necessarily look kindly upon that. Mm. And so we, if we're going to come into these neighborhoods with the intentions of improving it, we need to fight for different policies that's going to prevent gentrification. Mm. And so I know some cities have rent controls. Like you, Mm -hmm. you just cannot raise the rent to a point where you're forcing people out. Right. And so you need some sort of tenant tenant rights um, Mm -hmm. to where to make sure that they are protected from um, landlords, slumlords um, Mm -hmm. that that are seeking to exploit them. I mean, one thing that you know I've thought about, and I don't know if any counties are cities or states are doing that is that to to kind of freeze property taxes for neighborhoods Mm -hmm. that are at risk of being gentrified the good thing about it is like there are different organizations who are tracking this Mm -hmm. who are tracking this problem and you can say well we see this neighborhood is um kind of hot right now it's getting a lot of attention by people Mm -hmm. We know this neighborhood has historically not been this way. Right. And so because this this neighborhood is at risk of being gentrified, let's freeze property taxes for this neighborhood for a period of time to get these people enough time to adjust Mm -hmm. to the changes that they are experiencing Mm -hmm. um, that they may not be able to afford. And so I think, you know, different policies to where you you're helping people to to absorb some of the shock Right. Um, To their system Mm -hmm. um, when all these improvements, quote unquote improvements come. Right. And so, you know, the church needs to be um, instrumental in fighting for those type of policies that um, prevent people from being displaced from their homes.
1: I'm not going to lie to you, brother. I think you could get I think you could run and get elected. If you start talking about freezing property taxes. (laughs) People will want to elect you, right? Man, that's a mayor, governor, uh, right. president, right? I mean, that yes. is that is a campaign. promise. Yeah. no, I I understand what you're saying. I mean, I think it is a. I mean, there is a sense in which we can appeal to our city officials, our city leaders, our politicians, whatever. We I mean, gotta this, be creative too. Yeah, I mean, we gotta let's think through this. What yeah. do we do here? You know, how could we make this work? Right. Which, which, you know, another way, I mean, churches, because we know that maybe some of the city's leaders are not going to be able to do some of those things or pull some of those things. I mean, churches, especially ministries who are trying to, if you're saying we're either going to move into the neighborhood or we're going to build or we're going to, you know, try to do some things that's going to kind of have that. Um, I mean, churches can try to institute policies, budgets yeah, uh, for residents uh, that are negatively affected by that. And, um, you know, I mean really try to really try to work through that I mean that's one of the things that you know we've been thinking through as we're you know thinking through what we're trying to do as a local church and trying to um, do some ministry uh, in, in an area in, in the west End of our city is we're trying to think what what will how will that impact you know yeah. the residents and what can we do if, that, if that's going to negatively impact them uh, particularly financially right right I mean, how can we how can we offset that are there things that we can do to help with that? Um, so yeah, I mean, those are, these are, I guess what I'm, these are real matters to us, even even though we're not in an urban setting, uh, there's still, there's still matters to us that, you know, we're trying to think through and trying to figure out. And so I I think they're very, very practical to us. Right. What else?
0: Anything else that you'd add? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think that's good. Again, it's just, it's about thinking through how is this going to impact the neighborhood that we are trying to impact for the glory of God. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And again, if it's going to impact them negatively, find creative ways to avoid um, that shock to their system. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, what's going to happen is if if you are part of the people who are displacing them from their home, uh, Jesus is not going to be glorified through them. Right. They're going to start, they're going to look negatively upon the church. Right. And so the church needs to be uh, mindful of that. Yeah. Um, as oh, they right. try to reach their community for the glory of God. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yes. Amen. Yeah. And we would I, covet all prayers from our uh, listeners yeah. that we would, because yeah. I mean, it is, it's one of those things that we want to try to think through here, you know, figure out
0: how to do that you yeah. know, locally. And so, and here's the thing: you're going to make mistakes. That's right. You're going to make you're you're going to have good intentions, as we said, with um, people who are going in these communities. They have good intentions, mm-hmm. um, but as much as you possibly can, um, think through those things. Um, if you make a mistake, you know, try to correct it right. and keep mm-hmm. moving forward. Like, yeah. Don't let don't let the possibility of gentrification paralyze you. that's yeah, what that's I would good. say. That's a good word. Yeah, yeah.
1: All right, crazy question. Yes. For the week, so we've we talked about bringing bringing in businesses and yes. stuff to, to local communities. So, Kenny, crazy question for today: What business would you be most excited about coming into your community? We do a pot. We we were trying to think if we've asked this question before. We don't think that we have. Right. If we have, apparently, we just really like talking about new businesses coming in. <laughs> yes. So we are anyway. We're we'll, we yearning for new businesses. We'll Talk to about come it in. again, right? So, yes. uh, Kenny, what would? You'd be most excited. What business would you be most excited about?
0: I want a NBA Whoa. or NFL franchise Whoa. to come to my little bitty town. To Sexton. <laughs> yes. That I, want a, I yes. want a whole professional franchise. You and Isaiah. Yes. Y'all in, my, son, my oldest son, <laughs> y'all are right there with that. That would right. Be incredible. right? Yes. But you think about it. Like, can mean, we just
1: bring in the? Can we just buy the Golden State Warriors? Just buy and the bring Warriors. And bring, you think just they just would bring, leave bring San Francisco Steph, to come on bring over Steph San in. Sykes
0: in Missouri? I'm,
1: I'm not thinking that's going to happen. I don't
0: think that's going to happen either. But, but, hey, maybe we can have an expansion franchise and yes. just start, and then mm. we can draft, like, uh, we can uh, trade for Steph or something like no, that. No, no, no.
1: Um, <laughs> LeBron James's <laughs> son's about to come up. Yeah. We will obviously be the worst in the league. Yes. So we draft – and he said he's
0: coming where his son goes. That's what I'm and saying. So this is what we do. This right? is how we work we it. We start a NBA franchise. LeBron, Bronny, LeBron, and LeBron—they are gonna be living here in like three years, hey, four the years. Water's gonna rise, man. Everybody, oh my, got some everybody's jobs property taxes in. will be all for, well, be forced out. <laughs> right, all forced out. <laughs> 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 hey, nothing but NBA players That's living right. in Sycamore. Nobody that, can afford our houses right. anymore because
1: we have an NBA <laughs> franchise. Right. It's Incredible, yeah. Yes, so I was going to shoot a whole lot lower, a whole lot lower, yeah. But, like a, but I want yes. two things, yes, right? I want a Chick fil A because I'm down with that, I don't have, I don't like having to drive 30 you know, minutes. Chick fil A does like 30. promotions to where, yes. like,
0: if. Uh, visiting team misses free throws. I think it was some game. Like misses two free throws in a row, they give a sandwich to everybody awesome. in the arena or something like. That. Nice. Like they do this in different places. But yeah, we can have Chick Fil A and, and the, the NBA franchise. Right, That'd be cool. Maybe they, you know, <laughs>
1: could have a Chick Fil A inside the stadium. that yes. we're gonna have to build yes. for the NBA front. The the other one, you're gonna make fun of me for this one. But the other one is, is I just want a local card shop. No. Come on, man. I just want some place <laughs> where I can go and buy no. a pack of. You can do that now at walmart and people buy them all out right they're gone you can't yes.
0: find them okay man. We, went to, that
1: man we went to st louis and went to like a card shop up there it was so much fun we had, got to talk with the guys yes. about cards oh man i, know. Yeah, I don't know it's how much i gotta hobby. deal with this dude and cards cards yeah i know it's fun it's fun yeah. to talk about so yes all right well <laughs> hope that was uh helpful for you uh today and uh we look forward to talking with you next week god bless you Thanks so much for listening to the Diversity and Fellowship podcast. If you want to join the discussion, please send us your questions and your comments to diversityinfellowship at gmail.com. That's
0: diversityandfellowship at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, keep laboring by God's grace to be a faithful display of how the power of the gospel unites us in Christ.